Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. What? 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 I'm being Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh. And also, I can't fucking hear. What? What? Uh, get ready for that to be the funniest part of me on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, people are used to you not being funny. I, uh, you're so predictable. I knew you were gonna say that. Well, it did is. You, did you know I was gonna say that? It's August thirty first, uh, the day before this airs, and it almost was the day that it, the day before it didn't air. <laughs> um, if you're new here, we're married. We have a lot of movies. We talk about those movies. We talk about our lives. And we are in a constant state of exhaustion. Yeah, this week has. Been particularly rough. Fucking flipped me over and rode me dry. <laughs> I like how I said it. Mine's a little bit uh, classier. <laughs> I'm just telling you how I feel. <laughs> uh, in the past week, we had my mother here. That's yeah, bad that, enough, usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all you need to... Uh, full stop. Hashtag, she keeps saying she might listen to this show one day. There was something... Oh, I remember what it was. We were watching some video. When my mom was here, we were showing her videos from our trip to Chicago. And we I was sh- so worried. We were showing her the video. Uh, we went to Parsons uh, Fried Chicken in Chicago, and I got the hot chicken in. Boy, was it hot. And whenever I eat anything hot, Jillian likes me to like answer hot ones questions. So I took a big bite of chicken, and she ended up asking me what like my like favorite wrestling memory was live, which is a great question. No, my first memory was. Yeah. So I was telling the story how the first show I went to when I was three years old in Richfield, Ohio, was a, a house show. And I discovered many years later, after you got me a book that had like every house show result forever, that I'm pretty sure we left before the main event, which was fucking Dusty Rhodes and Randy Savage. I don't remember it at all. The last match I remember is the, the match before that. And in that video, I think I was like, yeah, thanks a lot, fucking mom. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though my sister very didn't never look really. And like, we're watching this video like on our TV, and I was like, oh, I remember this. And I was like, oh, never mind, this isn't funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, just skip like, skip through it. Yeah. But so, I'm always worried whenever that happens because we can be mean, you know. And. It's largely a character. And like, largely. We, you know that. Is bolded and, and I know that. Yeah. But your mom's not going to know that. No, she's going to cry. Right, right. And I don't want to have to... Yeah, so now we'll just have to watch the videos of you taking videos of me as my mom tells the stories of guys named Howie and Wayne. Um, (laughs) Hashtag learning how to ride a bike. Um, So that was the weekend. And then, of course, Hurricane Idelia popped up. Out of nowhere. Out of... No. Well, no, it wasn't out of nowhere because, like, on Friday, mom's like, "You guys tracking the storm?" I'm like, "Fuck no!" <laughs> and then, of course, it dominated my week because, you know, working in a bank, we have to protect right. things. Uh, and it was like the first major hurricane to hit 
big bend pan and panhandle. And it's the and first one of the season in our in, in Florida in general. Right, right. And it, and it you know I feel like it was a little bit faster. Like Oh, it was very fast and also for us like it was like for us we're fine. Yeah, we just got it, it, a little it bit totally of rain. Missed us. The hardest rain I saw was today at work. We had like a an hour or two of pretty hard rain. Yeah. It wasn't anything crazy. So we were fine, but still prepping that and getting in the in the the mindset yeah. for that. It's also like you never know what can happen with those things. They can move and turn. Oh, and, sure. You know. And having to deal with them at work. Right. Um, particularly for me was, was difficult. And then Monday, my left ear just decided to be like, I don't need to work anymore. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had in the past some, some bad b- backup. So I was doing drops. I was doing hydrogen peroxide. I was It unwisely. sounds way grosser than what it actually is. Had some bad backup. Oh like. no, it's it, it is a lot grosser. Well, after today, yeah, um, it, I was mean, trying to get it out with swabs, which is like the thing you're not supposed to do. But I just like normally it works, and it's just gotten to the point where like yesterday and today I was like, okay, this is debilitating now. Like, like you're in a lot of pain. My jaw hurts and I can't chew properly. I'm getting headaches. Um, so today I went to urgent care uh, for two hours. This shout out to this nurse. Don't remember your name, but she. First of all, they like they couldn't find a sink that had like warm water because it has to be like warm water. They're basically just spraying with a spray bottle and a little syringe into your ear that should like blast the stuff out. And I have to hold a fucking cup under my ear. It's that's disgusting. Weird. That's weird. So it took her forever to like get water because first time she did, it, I was like, "That's cold. That's not gonna do it." And she's just doing it for probably like thirty to forty five minutes off and on, and she's like. There's not a single drop that's coming out of your left ear. But the nurse, the, the actual doctor that came in was like, yeah, I can't see anything in your ear. That's how much, how bad it is. So uh, then she took, uh, which is essentially like a fishing line <laughs> into your ear. And when like that, I think that's the reason why I'm in, I was in such pain. It was the residual effect. That shit hurt like a motherfucker. But she got enough out to hopefully make some progress. And then the progress stopped again. So I'm now heavy drops because also I found out the drops I was put in my ears are seven years expired. I don't know why you didn't look at you. Freak out when eggs are one day expired. I don't. I don't know why you didn't look at. Well, the difference is I'm I'm using and looking at the eggs on a regular basis, and I'm thinking about ingesting them and something going wrong. Whereas for medicine. You're not necessarily going to get sick. They're just not no, going to work. Not, right, right. That, that's the difference. So I'm not thinking of anything bad that can happen to me. What but I should be thinking about, good. nothing good's going to come out <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you, oh, so the, the, you're a dumbass. So the last couple hours of work and then coming home were real rough. And I was like, we're not recording tonight. Thankfully, did some drops. Thankfully, got some food in me because that's why I hadn't eaten today. And uh, it's just been a very busy week at work. I've been shadowing this training class. Just all shit on shit on shit, um, where we have uh, a very busy weekend coming up as well with a surprise Disney on Ice trip for for Jillian. We're seeing our friends the Reals who've talked, uh, been on the show before, so it's a lot going on. We also it's been two very late nights. I've been going to bed like at one thirty because two nights ago we recorded the twenty twenty three draft episode of Podswoggle, which will be uh, available to listen to wherever you get your podcasts. Same day this drops. And then last night, we did the draft for our Fall 2023 Movie League. And I want to use that as a teaser to talk about that on a future episode. Not necessarily this one, because I want to keep this one a little tight so we can go to bed at a decent hour and I can finish putting this all together. 
but it was a good draft, and we'll talk about it more as the as the season progresses. Um, does that sound fair? Sounds fair. Cool. Uh, so instead, we'll get into today's episode and hopefully wrap this up uh, quicker than usual. Today's episode is a movie that uh, I nominated uh, because I love my daughter, and I wanted her to uh, watch a movie that... I think she's already, she had already watched it, right? Yeah, at she school? watched it at school. She watched it at school. Or summer camp. Or summer camp. And uh, I wanted to watch it as well because I watched it as a kid quite often. The movie is Harriet the Spy. If I'm not mistaken, the first Nickelodeon movie. Mm-hmm. And also it was famous as being in an orange, uh, an orange cassette tape. An orange cassette tape. Uh, I remember that. So I'll read the box. Harriet the Spy on your case. One of the top ten family films of all time, says Ted Bear Movie Guide. Harriet M. Welsh, Michelle Trachtenberg, is probably the world's most accomplished 11-year-old spy. Harriet dreams of being a writer, and her nanny and best friend, Golly, Rosie O'Donnell, told her to start by writing down everything she sees. It's all in good fun until Harriet's friends find her secret spy notebook. They don't like what Harriet's written, and they don't like Harriet that much either. Can Harriet win back her friends, or is she doomed to be an outsider, a rejected writer, and forgotten spy? Find out in the movie that critics called, quote, delightful, a film parents and children can share, says Elaine Blythe, Film Advisory Board, Inc. Mm. I was going to give a caveat as like, look, my hair's fucked up, so I don't know, I can't hear myself talk. Oh, the, you're, that's bullshit. This is, I don't think I've ever seen what I'm about to bring up to you. In the credits on the movie box, and Rosie O'Donnell is in bold. <laughs> like, make sure you know Rosie O'Donnell is in this movie. She was the name. Is she an executive producer on this movie? Wouldn't uh, surprise. No, she's not. Oh, wow. Which is odd because you figure this came out in what, 96? Yeah. yeah. That's like, she's challenging Oprah at that time. Yeah, like, height, she, height of her. She's. Full cutie patootie, yeah. you know, daytime queen. So yeah. for her to be in this, it was, you know. It was, it was a, a big draw. It was a, yeah, it was I mean, a big honestly, draw. It was, it was, for the time? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't remember how well this did. I think this did well enough. I mean, I'm, this isn't the most expensive movie in the world. So, you know, if it, if it did anything, I'm sure people were, were happy with it. So, um, what was I saying? Oh, I totally got distracted because I was I was pulling up my notes and I opened up the wrong app and I realized the other thing I wanted to discuss uh, from the day's events was uh, the news, the movie news of the of the year, the Taylor Swift Eras Tour concert film. Oh yeah, we'll we'll address it on the show. Oh, we'll watch it. Uh, oh yeah, we'll, I know we already we'll have talk our about tickets. it because I already bought tickets yeah, right yeah, away. We already so. have our tickets. So. Well, I saw the announcement. I was like, oh man, and another fucking mad dash. And I saw like available now, and then I saw it was like an hour ago. And I was like. Well, no, actually what happened was it was because of the movie league. Because Johnny and Jess were already picking up. And I thought Johnny was making a joke like, haha, it's made hundreds of millions of dollars. And I was like, oh shit, he's not kidding. And then I immediately, we're going to change that waiver wire rule. <laughs> based on based on this year alone. That's <laughs> so, amazing. Uh, so yeah, so I had not seen this movie probably since I was in middle or high school. It has been... Probably it's been over twenty years since I had seen this movie. Um, was it the same for you, or had you ever seen this movie before? Uh, yes, I have seen this movie before many times. Had you re- did you read the book? 
Yes. I read the book as well. Always, I always thought... Uh, of course I, always, I read the book. I always f- misremembered this being a, like a Beverly Cleary book, but it's not. It's, it's not Beverly it's Cleary. It's Louise Fitzhughes. And two of my favorite things growing up were reading, particularly mysteries, like Encyclopedia Brown and, you know... Mm-hmm. And spying. Of, and, and writing and wanting, you know, to kind of live this life. So this movie was naturally... The story was right up my alley. Um, how did you enjoy this, watching it now as a parent in your mid-30s? Yo, man, I never felt older than when I was watching this movie with my daughter <laughs> as is, a parent in my mid-30s. That is my biggest note ever. I felt I felt so ancient watching old. this movie. So old, especially with the, um, the cast. And how they've grown. It was so I didn't even I blocked that out because there honestly were I didn't know one, which we'll talk about later, until you told it to me. Oh yes, yeah. So only the only two I really recognize are of course Michelle Trachtenberg, even though she hasn't done much over the past ten sure. years. But I grew up watching her because she was on Buffy, Buffy yeah. um, as well. And then also uh, the the kid with the the purple socks has a, a brief funny part in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. So there's only two that like I really recognize. Oh, and the and kid the from kid Small is, Soldiers. Yeah, the but kid again, plays sport. Yeah, that's two years later. Sure, and then he I know, I know, but, but so yeah. I, so I didn't feel old from that. I felt old in that I couldn't connect to it anymore, which is f- fucking shocking as hell to me because I was essentially this age when the movie was happening. Right. So I thought at the very least when we watch a lot of these movies. I don't think a lot of times I disconnect to them based on what you just said, based on like an age gap, because in the moment it was it was fitting. I the disconnect came from the nostalgia wearing off and being able to see through it not necessarily being a good movie. Yeah. In this I don't think it's necessarily the case, even though I didn't really enjoy myself watching it. It was just a weird microcosm of this is what the era was, this like 90s kids attitude. And I don't use attitude in a negative connotation. It just was a certain style. That was like embodiment. Like that that, was just like. That was the live action Nickelodeon way. And that was it. I mean, I could list you six or eight shows right now that I, you know, from that era that very much reminiscent of this. Sort of thing like the Hey Dudes, the Salute Your Shorts, the the Pete and Pete's, Pete and Pete, the Alex mm-hmm, Max, mm-hmm. the Cousin Skeeters. You know, I'll stay away from like the all that and the Keenan and Kel Scott's more sketch than you know a essentially a, a single camera show like all the rest of them are. But uh, it it just something about it hasn't aged to me well. Yeah, I, yeah, and I think we talk about that a lot when we watch. And I think I know why. But go ahead. From when we were kids, you know, a lot of them we watch, it's sentimental, and we can connect to it from a different perspective. Yeah. So, like, when we're growing up watching it, it's like, oh, I'm I'm Harriet. I'm the fucking spy. Sure. I'm writing in my notebook. I'm doing all that shit, right? Much like what Jillian's doing now. But now, as a parent, right, I, I went through all of that. Like, I went through the bullying. I went through that. And... It's just a completely different perspective on life, on the world, on all that kind of stuff. Um, 
I, think, I related more to like Golly than Harriet. I see. I didn't relate to anybody, and I think that's one of my big one of my biggest problems with movies was was the thing I was going to say to to get back to why I didn't connect with it is because now we're old and jaded because watching this at nine or ten and being like, oh man, it's great to be a kid. And, like, it's just going to keep going that way. And I'm never going to be, like, that parent or that nanny or that person or that teacher. You know? And, like, each one of those characters identified with so much more. (laughs) And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But there is, I think, an innocence and a invulnerability to a fault in a lot of these movies. Um, And it's better as... So, take that point for what it was. And then, on the flip side of it, the way this movie shows the characters in the story, that that's not the case in these movies, back in the day, was so much more harsher than what they did with kids now. Like, that stretch of Harriet getting bullied and basically tortured, and then her revenge. Like, you, we say it a lot, like, you can't do that in a movie anymore. You can do that stuff in a movie because there's not necessarily anything that's unrealistic about it, but there's very much a disnification and a spin on those actions now that would make it so much more easy to digest for a kid and even an adult. So watching it now, I was like, God damn, like, no wonder we grew up the way that we do, and I'm not connecting with it because the message they were trying to put across... I don't think they were necessarily doing it with as good of eggshells as they could have. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So it was the nineties, right. you know? <laughs> we had a surplus. So there's a scene in the in, in Harriet the Spy where she when the one of the revenge scenes is she's cutting she cuts off that girl's hair, right? Yep. There's also a scene in the movie The Craft <laughs> where one of the witches like puts a, a, a spell on the uh, on the girl that's bullying her, and her hair falls out yeah. in chunks, and that's uh that's my point. Yeah, that's point made. Yeah, the, there, right? there's like parallels. Right, exactly. Yeah. It, you know, it's uh, that's kind of exactly. I think also what you're kind of saying, like with that like Nickelodeon attitude. It's like. This is like a kid's movie based on a kid's book, and it has that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, this, like, craft, like, witchcraft, like, I don't know. Was it rated R? I don't know if, if it's rated R or not. Might have been. I think it might Either have been. Like, I think it was. Also, like, or know, a pretty hard PG 13. Same, yeah. same era, kind yeah. of, right? And it's like the same concept yeah. happening. Like, so, so I think that kind of says it, like, that rough edge I I guess sure I know 100% you figure this movie basically equates kids to having these wild untamed imaginations and the way they you know express it or or purge it out of themselves is through like fake barfing and and fantasizing about poisoning and melting and playing and all these like you know funny ways and like commenting on the you know their peers in obnoxious ways but then also fitting in inappropriate humor 
Like, like there's a full storyline about this girl getting boobs in this movie. And I was like, I don't remember this at all. I, I didn't remember that. I didn't remember either. it at all. Um, so it, it packs a really whimsy charm to it, but... But it feels misplaced, almost. It, it feels inconsistent, and it feels... That's a good way to describe it, It yeah. feels like a time capsule of its era, and it's not evergreen anymore. I don't even know, like... So Jillian enjoyed it, but I don't think she, I don't think she really truly enjoys think, it, because it's just a different style than what... I think she... She likes it, me too. I think she likes the concept. Yes. But not necessarily the content. Mm-hmm. Which I hope will be different when she reads the book, but since what, she watched this movie, she's got a spy notebook. She's got a private notebook. She's yeah. writing notes. She, and she's and she's writing things like, my daddy wore a blue shirt. You know, like right. stuff like, like that. And they're, like, they're secrets and Hong like, Kong, you have to hide them. Hong Kong boy. That was right. unnecessary, but thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. So yeah. sorry. Um, right. And she's like hiding them and stuff, but, you know, then she, and she'll like, go off in her imagination and play and, like, make it her own kind of thing. So I really think it's just conceptual. Like, yeah. she likes the idea of, like, the spy. So I think she'll be really into, like, mysteries. Because then we also started playing Clue. Mm-hmm. So I think, like... Well, that's why I was trying to get her the Encyclopedia yeah. Browns. She likes Scooby-Doo. Like, yeah. there's something natural about being a kid and mysteries aligning it, with... It's that curiosity. It's curiosity. It's and it's also... Figuring it it's out. It's also... Yeah, figuring out and, and solving something and feeling smart and important. Like, yeah. when you're a kid and you... That's why I like escape rooms so much, yeah, to be when, quite honest with you. For anybody, when you are given a problem and you solve it and you get recognition for it, that's, or that's it, it's like feeling. the best thing of your self-confidence. Absolutely, um, absolutely. So, so I, I think that definitely is the case with her, but for this... I don't know. I, I was really, really disappointed with this. I, I kind of didn't dig this at all. Really? I, it just, it felt like a, it felt like a bunch of little segments. Like when she's going spy, like her spy things, when she's looking at the Dolly's boyfriend, essentially, who she thinks is stealing, but he's actually, you know, helping the people he works for. You know, donate. You know, donate food to p- kids in need. That same shop owner has the guy driving the the truck. You know, spying on on him and his family problems with you know wanting to go out and crashing the truck and, and crashing the truck and then spying on the guy with the cats and then spying on Eartha Kitt's character. Like those are big chunks of the movie that like are just totally unnecessary. Like they're not because you're getting to see Harriet doing her spy thing, but I didn't pick up on any sort of cohesion to those people's stories and the messages for the plot. I know at the end when she's got control of the newspaper and she's writing her her story that they would never let an elementary school publish because, like, what the fuck is this? Also, I'm not getting into the politics of the the responsibilities of elementary school presidents, but that's not a thing. Were like, you ever president of an elementary school class? I honest to God don't think class? that there was never any sort of uh, officers in any ele- in both elementary schools I was in. That shit mm-hmm. didn't start until middle school. 
Well, this was sixth grade, so I, I don't know if it was middle school at that point. Or oh, not. so this was a K through six. I don't. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't remember seeing any kids older or younger. It was just a sixth grade just school six, then. Um, Eight hundred sixth graders. I don't school. know, but um, I did. We had we had class presidents, and I was class president of my second grade of course class. You were. Right, I was eight. Right, my birthday's in December, so mm-hmm. I was seven, turning eight when I started second grade, and that was the same year I got into the gifted program um, because I finally had a teacher who recognized my. Constant blabbering was actually brilliance. Hoodwinked her. And um, I, my campaign slogan, I, I started losing my teeth. And my campaign slogan was Toothless Sam for President. Um, and it was brilliant because I had lost my two front teeth, um, so big gap in my smile. And my mom, um, before she owned her own business and everything, she worked in advertising. For a department store, mm-hmm. uh, Byron's, Jay yeah, Byron's. Yeah, I'm familiar with it, yeah. Um, and so her whole advertising team worked on my campaign, and they made like a board and like all these pictures. It so was really cool. So you stacked the deck against whatever poor child you ran up Nobody against. Nobody ran against me. Yeah, everyone was terrified. You had fucking Sterling Cooper Draper Price. Fucking Toothless Sam for president, baby. It was awesome. So yeah. Ask me what my responsibilities were as a second grade class president. Nothing, probably. I don't remember. <laughs> you probably didn't do any anything. of it. Yeah, it's nothing. I, I honestly don't but, remember what what I was supposed to do. Yeah, it, it's it's a little preposterous and absurd, but yeah. I was eight. Like, it's an unnecessary time. We well, can put that on your resume. Yeah, probably I did. you still don't. Um, no, it's on there. But yeah, so all all those little asides were for me rough to get through and then once those kind of subsided we got into the real meat and potatoes of the movie which is Harriet struggling with kind of her passion and her friends especially in the midst of Golly going away who essentially was her primary caregiver her entire life Mm -hmm. that whole stretch is boiled down to kids are just the fucking worst kids are awful that blanket statement Covers thirty minutes of the movie, and I'm not I'm not absolving Harriet any of that. Like it's fine to have a a diary and a journal and write down your feelings and emotions, but some of the stuff she like thinks and says is is but, again she's a, a a kid growing up, but they're still shitty the way that she acts. Sure, but kids are shitty. Oh, right? of course, people yeah. are shitty. It's inherent. Like yeah. I I I think. It's one of those things. It's like, feel what you're going to feel. Like, write what you're going to write. But you have to be able to live with the consequences mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. You know? And, and I think like that's also part of the lesson. Like, just because you're this spy, you have to write down everything, you learn everything. Like, it doesn't mean it's right. You know? Sure. It's not. It's not right or good, but... Um, yeah, kids are the worst. Girls especially are bad. I've been saying it to you on this podcast for uh, 400 people's episodes. She's not leaving her room. <sighs> it like, scares honestly, the shit out of me because she is such no. a kind, caring soul. But she's got, she can give as oh, good of as course. she gets. I'm of not course. concerned about that. I'm concerned about going to jail. 
is I'm going to beat the shit out of whatever little first preteen bitch thinks that she's going to make my daughter feel like less than she is. You were gonna. I'm going to beat the shit. You're gonna turn into Leslie Mann, and this is forty. So bad. I'm going. To, I'm gonna hit you with my fucking car. I will. <laughs> I will. With your cool little haircut, miniature Tom Petty looking fuck. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm I, going to. I'm. I will fucking murder. I'm somebody. gonna. I'm going to. The first kid that fucks with Jillian, I'm gonna break in that kid's house. And I'm going to piss on 17 of their possessions. I'm just going to pick random things. This looks important. Your dog? Whatever. I'm just going to... I'm going to literally start the show beef with a 12-year-old child, probably. Um, Yeah, I... Yeah. Now, I I will say, that little revenge section, like we were talking about, like, that shit's ice cold, but also it's kind of, like, fucking wild to watch. Like, when she's in the bathroom with Marion, and she's just going ham on the fact that, like, her dad's never around and doesn't love her. And, like, I'm like, God damn! But you know what? So, growing up, I I was always the smallest kid, right? Yeah. Never the strongest, okay? Like, I'm, I'm not athletic. No. We all have our, you know, pros, and that is not one of mine. Oh, sure. Um, so, to me, and, you know, look... Harry, it's like the smaller one, like in the class, like you know, Michelle Trachtenberg's like a very like lean, you know, mm-hmm. small, small girl. Um, but that that's where the power is. I don't need to be able to punch somebody. Yeah, I, you know, cut, I'll eviscerate them. Cut you up with your words yeah. with my words, oh, and yeah. and that that's exactly it because. You know, I punch you in the face, like, that bruise will heal. You'll be fine. But, but three weeks later, you'll still be thinking about how I said your dad doesn't love you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, it was, it was, this definitely was a more mean-spirited movie than I it's remembered. It's like Mean Mean Girls. Like, well, Mean Girls is mean, but this is, like, Mean Mean. So, Mean Girls... To me, it's is not as mean as this. Because they're high schoolers, yes. and there's a lot of comedy in it. Well, also, this is kids trying to figure themselves out, and they don't know how to do it. So what they're saying, there's no filter there. Like, in Mean Girls, there's the appearances that you're going to be basically holding up for the rest of your life, right? Like, by the time you're in high school, you know, okay, I have to act a certain way to get through fucking life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in this, nobody knows. They don't know what like, the fuck They don't know what doing. the fuck they're in for. They don't want any of this. Um, so that, that's what makes it crazy. But yeah, and then the resolution to the movie is, like I said, her writing and giving all the info up in her journal, but essentially, in a coded manner, the entire school. And, you know, it's, it's a fine... But one, she tries to make good with Marion as much as possible, I guess, in that moment. And, of course, she gets her friends back with their weird little uh, feet tattoos. But I think it's just the Nickelodeon style of storytelling. Not aging that well, especially over the course. It works in a 22-minute weekly thing where the story is, you know, you're spotlighting certain characters and you're putting them in situations. But putting it to a source material that... I don't remember how... I don't think it's like this. Um, no. And then putting it through what was, a, you know, an hour and 40 minute movie for yeah. a kid's movie is also a little long. Uh, it just it just 
didn't resonate with but me But I think anymore. that's also part of it, too. Like, this was, like, Nickelodeon's first movie, but this wasn't, like, Nickelodeon property. Like... Yeah, it wasn't their own thing. I mean? like, they like, bought the rights to a book. Right, and, and then they know. made a movie of yeah. it. Whereas, like, if they... You know, like, there was, like... They had the show Rugrats, and then they had Rugrats movies that came out of it. They yeah, had yeah, the yeah. show Doug, then they had Doug movies that mm-hmm. came out of it. You know, like... Things like that. Good Burger, you know. Right, yeah. Good Burger came off of, like... All that. All yeah. that, and the sketches. So, I think that also was part of it. It was, like, this standalone thing, but at least, like, the nostalgia just wasn't the same because, like, there there was nothing to go off of, except, obviously, the book from when, you know... One other, one other thing I forgot, so I already it. talked about how this movie... It's, it's a PG movie, and it toes the line in terms of some of its theming and, uh, you know, like, talking about... Uh, boobs. And boobs. And... I also wasn't expecting, apologies in advance, something getting called retarded in this movie. Yeah. I was yeah. like, what the heck? I know. And yeah, it was really like. You know, I haven't been a saint with that word or, or, sure. or any word that now you can't say. We were all 15 years old once. Sure. But, but it's still. To see it on the. On, on to the see it in a movie that was. In a movie, yeah, it's very. To see it in a movie that was dead, that was predicated towards kids yeah. was a little... Actually, one thing I would say for Nickelodeon particularly is Nickelodeon was great compared to Disney and that Nickelodeon never really tried to talk down to kids. Nickelodeon was all about, you know, Linda Ellerby and Nick News and bringing kids on social issues. Sure, there's still going to be fucking slime and, and, you know, Dizzy Bat Baseball and shit like that, but Nickelodeon more so than Disney Channel was about bringing in uh, figures and celebrities and people and talking about the world at large and making yeah. kids feel like a part of it. So for them to kind of have that's something that seemed, that yeah. seemed so off-color, even at the time, was kind of surprising and not their their M.O. So I, I found that found that weird. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other two things that I found weird were, uh, here's a quiz for you. Do you remember how much? I thought you were going to ask me how many swerves there were in the movie. And we'll I get there yes. in a second. 114. You're fucking, you are, you have lost your goddamn mind. No, not yet. That, that's like the record, right? No. Oh, Fast and Furious is how many? Like 180 something? Yeah, the last Fast and the Furious movie was 188. Oh, I thought, I thought it was just 80. I'm like, there's no way this movie had more swerves than any Fast and the Furious movie, no, period. No, 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 But still, it didn't have 114 swerves. That is well, literally okay. a swerve a minute. That's more than a swerve a minute. Probably a dozen of them were from your mother, who we watched this movie with. <laughs> so you... <laughs> Ow, my ear hurts again. I'm so uh, sorry. My, my favorite one was Swerve. Noreen wants to know... Why she didn't just tell somebody what they did to her? My mom is that woman in a movie that has to talk at the movie, not realizing it's a movie. You know what? At the very least. Swerve, Noreen also states it's terrible what the teacher is doing to the class. At the very least. I mean, let's be fair. She should have recognized the scenario of paint getting poured on Harriet and done something instead of like, oh yeah, let's work together, clean her up, bitch, you ain't helping. Uh, it's it's more passable when it happens for something that my mom 
obviously has never seen, even though she took me to go see it in theaters. And she doesn't remember a single goddamn thing that happened to me as a kid from the time I was born until the time I was 16 oh, years she, old. No, she she does. She well, remember, she, she remembers remember. what I didn't do. Uh, <laughs> but when we were watching a movie, like every time we watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, a movie that she's probably seen literally 250 times, she will make the same comments like, oh, I can't believe he did all those lights. So, or like, that tree wouldn't have that sap. It's like... Do you want to know my favorite thing? I'm pretty sure that there was one year that we were watching it, and you would say the comment that your mom would make before your mom made the comment. Mm-hmm. I think I pissed my pants that, that year. I'll do it this year for you, too. Oh, please do. Uh, so I'm glad that now swerves count for people watching the movie. I No, only for your mom. What I was going to ask, how much, <laughs> not how much... How many swerves? Uh, yeah. How many what? How much was the cheese, bread, milk, and eggs that Sport was trying to buy? Because I wrote this down immediately. Oh, oh, oh. $6.75. $6.75 for cheese. A block egg. of cheese. A big ass block of cheese. Cheese. A dozen eggs. Eggs. Half a gallon of milk. Milk. Whole loaf of bread. A whole loaf of. And it wasn't white bread, it was wheat bread. So let's add that up now. So a wheat bread, three dollars. Sure, sure. Eggs, four dollars. Keep down. Keep down. Four bucks. Four dollars. You know. So up to seven already. Uh-huh. Cheese, four bucks. No. For that block, like oh, like off brand fucking corner okay, store cheese. Okay, yeah. yeah, four dollars. Four dollars. So up to what? What was that? Uh, Eleven. 11. Mm-hmm. And then uh, milk. Half a gallon of milk, five dollars. Five dollars. Yeah. Sixteen dollars. Damn. Fucking the fucking 90s. Fucking inflation. Fucking work. Fucking Bill Clinton, man. <laughs> Getting, getting the essentials down to under seven bucks. Um, yeah, but then your middle class people still can't afford it. So what's that say well, about socioeconomics in this country? Sport wasn't mid- middle class. Sport was my dad is a bad artist. <laughs> that's, He's a writer. Yeah, a, a yeah writing's that's what, an art. That's yeah. what you would, that's, that would be your life. That's me if I insisted on doing my passion, but instead I like to feed my daughter and my wife. Um, you don't feed me. I, you know what I meant. No, I know. Uh, also, my last note uh, was, oh, look, Harriet sits in between the couple like me. <laughs> when they went to that movie when, thing. Yeah. That was also weird. Like, Okay. So, so Golly, Golly invites her boyfriend over. No. So first, let's back up a little bit. Because when they went first, to First, Rosie was dating a man. <laughs> well, no. When they went to that garden, and, and Golly's like, I'm going to take you to see my friend. I, I got some... You know, lesbian overtones from that. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but the looks that they shared, it seemed like that was the direction it was going in. Which would have been fine. Which would have been totally cool. It was the 90s. Totally yeah. cool. And then Swerve, Mr. George Waldenstein, rolls up. Was the guy's name? Yeah. Jesus. I wrote it down. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, she's just dating a guy. Yeah. And then, yeah. If anybody that babysat Jillian invited their boyfriend over. I'm going to hit him with my car. It's already <laughs> said it. No, there's nobody else that should be in this house. I, I That's told, why we don't even have a babysitter. Now, like, I think, I do think that they, that she has been with her over a decade, right? Yeah, 11 so years. So, like, 
there's definitely some leeway, I feel like, that... Apparently not. Yeah, apparently not. It's like immediate, like... Immediate, immediately fired and Yeah, and whatever. then and then it's walked back and then she needs to go. Yeah, that whole thing's a mess. This movie is an odd mess, and it was not what I was anticipating at all. Um, let's get into some of the performances while we're, while we're at it. I'm going to start with MVP and LVP. Which one do you want to start with? We can start with um, probably uh, MVP. I have two for MVP. I obviously think one of them is Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah, I mean, I think she did a really great job. It's really easy. As a kid. It's really easy to get that part and be 100% annoying, right? Like, yeah. That is a Very really easy obnoxious. part to be that obnoxious, cloying kid. Yeah. But, but she owns she it and thrives in it, and she's very, very good. The other one I have, which is, I think, rare in this case for a movie, I have Marion. She villain? was an epically rotten kid performance where it didn't feel put on, it felt genuine, it felt evil, but she still was able to... Redeem herself. Not necessarily redeem herself, but earn sympathy because she's still a kid when it was when it was time. And also the the bomb you dropped on me, she's like, you know who the fuck this is? She was a a, a major player on the first season of Law and Order Organized Crime that we watched a couple years ago. Also, you could tell she Gina Capaletti. You can't count swerves that don't happen inside the movie. I can can count whatever I want. It's my fucking gimmick. I liked that. I kind of it kind of immediately put her performance up on a pedestal. Like, oh damn, she's a great actress, and that she's been getting work for twenty five years. Yeah, who knew? Yeah, so I'd be fine with either one. I don't know which one is technically more important and valuable to the movie. It's probably Michelle Trachtenberg because yeah, but you couldn't have like the revenge scenes wouldn't be as sweet, and you know if. It's like we talk about it when we talk about, like, just the villain in a movie. Like, their performance is so good. Like, you absolutely hate them. Yeah. But they do such a good job. Like, you couldn't have somebody else be in that role. And I don't think in the 90s at this time there was another kid who could have pulled off the villainy um, and being that villain and coming out as unscathed, really, um, than the girl who plays Marion. She was a a major kid actor. She was in the You Can't Scare Me episode of Goosebumps, and she was one of the main girl in the new Ghost Rider mystery. So I knew she was more familiar than than I thought. But um, so you want to give it to Marion? Yeah. All right, let's give it to Marion. Charlotte Sullivan, the MVP of Harriet the Spy. Uh, you may know her as Gina Capaletti. LVP. We got. I have a little list. I mean, I didn't like the mom. I didn't like the dad. I didn't like either <laughs> but, of them. Yeah, they they were both just. They were they were super vanilla. Vanilla archetypes of the but, parents in that movie. Right, but I don't know if they did enough. So I have two because other they ones. weren't really. They were like the MacGuffins of the movie because they weren't really the driving force. Like you said, like Golly was the major caregiver and stuff like that. So I have Rosie O'Donnell on my list for LVP. Really? I. It was such a subdued performance. It was very not Rosie O'Donnell. Like she, anyone else could have done that. It's one of the weirdest performances I've ever seen. It's so strange. It's just not. She's her. just yeah. She like I think of her in a League of 
of their own, which came out what the year? Yeah, but after that's like a this? brash, fast talking. It came out ninety two. That's a totally different character. I'm at least thinking of some of the energy and the charisma that got her popular with you know parents at this time, right? Like she doesn't do that at all, and I don't get her and Harriet's connection at all based on her kind of bland, monotonous performance. Also, her mouth moves so much every time. She, like, when she says a word, her mouth is enveloping her entire face. And I'm not talking about it from, like, you having a big mouth. It's just she has a hyperactive mouth, and it was really, really hard to look at. So I was expecting her to kind of knock this out the park, and I was like, this could have been so many other people, and I would have bought the relationship that her and Michelle Trachtenberg had a lot better. Uh, my actual vote, though, and if we go with her, I'm fine. I hated Sports Dad. I know, it's a very small it's part. It's such a small part. He was a fucking cartoon. Like, it... That's such a weird vote. He just, in every little scene he did, when he's like, wow, like, we're going to eat good, go to the, we're going to go and spend all this money. I'm like, he's going to be broke in a month. Um, the well, character yeah. didn't fit. The portrayal didn't fit to me what the character should have been. It just it just was really, really odd. It's a nitpick, but that, that was who I was thinking. But, because he was a, a, a failing writer, and you're like, that's not what a failing writer would be. Failing writer. Ouch. And I thought kids were the only ones that were mean. Yeah, no, uh, I'm a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so th- those are, my, those are my, my picks. The mom didn't bother me as much as the dad. The dad was just nothing. The dad was uh, an amoeba. You know, he was just there to, you know, look surprised at things that Harriet was doing and just support whatever the mom did. The mom at least had some, like, moments of vigor in her voice. So I, I'm fine with any of those those three. The guy who plays the dad's in a lot of stuff. I didn't I, I didn't recognize him. I recognize the mom. The mom has been in um a lot of stuff, including succession. That's not what I recognized her from. I recognized her from I don't see anything on this list. Um the dad He's been in so many things. Let me look. Love CSI. Again, nothing that I recognize. But, um, yeah, what do, what do you think? I'm fine with whichever one you go with. You know, I, I, I agree on both. I agree on Rosie O'Donnell, to be quite honest with I, you. I think it is Rosie From O'Donnell. From bland, a blandness. Like, when she, like... There should have been a heavy emotional weight when she left the movie. And I more so felt a relief. And Michelle Trachtenberg was the one that was care- like holding down those scenes. And then Rosie O'Donnell just slowly turning her head and having the fucking Trail of Tears commercial tear roll down uh, her face. Uh-huh. It just felt it just it felt disingenuous and inauthentic when she should have crushed this part yeah. based on her passion for kids and what she can bring to the table. So, yeah, I, I think Rosie O'Donnell is the way to go. Okay. Um, what other... What were some of your other favorite kids' books at the time? 
that either were made oh, in the movies or you never man. got to see made into movies. Oh, man. I mean, for me, I already mentioned the Beverly Cleary books. I don't think they ever did like a, a Henry and Ribsy. They might have done like a, a movie much later on, but they did. They did one with Selena Gomez. Oh, that's right. Well, that was just called. That was just a Beezus. That was Ramon and Beezus. Ramon and Beezus, which was an offshoot of Henry and Ribsy. Um, there was also the Mouse and the Motorcycle. I know that was a made-for-TV thing that I I, I really uh-huh. really liked. Um, I don't know if they ever did a Dear Mr. Henshaw, but I love the book Dear Mr. Henshaw. Yeah. Uh, I, I mentioned Encyclopedia Brown as well, which also felt wholly unrepresented in all other media besides books. I don't know if that was just the Sobel family potentially keeping a, a tight it could lid be. on it. it I mean, I'm trying be. to look up. So adaptations, there was a comic strip for a couple years. Uh, there was a t- There was a TV show in the late 80s that only ran for eight episodes on HBO. Um, and then... It was optioned to a film in 2013, and it just never, ever happened. So, that is that is odd. Any any that I didn't mention? <coughs> Love that one. <coughs> Sorry, oh, excuse me. You're fine. Um, <coughs> Sorry. Uh, growing up, I really loved reading uh, Judy Bloom books. Yep, so that's another big one. You know, any of those. Raw Doll as well. So, mm-hmm. like, The Witches was one of my favorite Raw Doll books. And it was a movie, Matilda. Yeah. We've already talked well, about that. Well, the Judy Blume, I want to still see Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Madeline Ingle as well, so, like, A Wrinkle in Time. But, so, I, I want to see that as well. Um, I never saw it. It's just, it. I just get very, especially with books from my childhood or books that mean a lot to me, I get mm-hmm. very protective and I adaptations are not always the best as in this case right like and so so it hurts my heart (laughs) if it doesn't live up to like the pedestal that I've put the book on right like but then I have like you know the lord of the I read the lord of the rings books when I was fairly young um you know uh 12 maybe um 13 mm-hmm. um so those and like those got made in like those are great movies although oh, they're yeah. long but you know like that um obviously harry potter um you know because that started when i was around this this movie came out in what 96 right Yes, yeah, so around they, ten. Uh, yeah, so this is like right around when Harry Potter also started coming out. Yeah. So the books, at least, and so um, yeah, very uh, I I've been very lucky to have a lot of the the things I've enjoyed be made into other media that were that were quality at least quality mediums. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see what happens. Jillian, nowadays, I think it's so much more immediate. Like, you figure... Captain Underpants. Jillian, I mean, Captain Underpants has got so many different... TV, TV shows, and, and movie. movie adaptations. Mm-hmm. And also, also, it's the flip side where... Well, not the flip side, but, like, we went 20 years without knowing what stuff is. So, we'll be watching a show that, that Jillian likes on Netflix or whatever. We'll be like, oh, this is great. And then we find out that it is based off of a book. Most things are. Like, there's very few original kids TV or movie concepts 
it's all like I didn't know like the bad guys as an example. There right. Were fucking seventeen books. You know, when the movie came out, I thought it was oh, you know, they DreamWorks made up the story. So it's I mean it's wonderful, good source material. Hopefully, for the most part, I think modernly she's been pretty good. Most of the stuff has been been all right. Mm-hmm. We can we can tolerate. But um, as she gets older and she gets more into like this stuff more and more, I'm kind of curious as to absolutely, absolutely. This one was not for me. Anything else? I I don't think so. I think uh, we covered everything. My score's going to be weird. Well, you actually get to score it first, but I will say my score's going to be weird because like I feel like I shat on the movie a lot and didn't necessarily say a lot of things that I liked, but I do appreciate it's the nostalgia and some of the charm and the and the intent behind it. Sure. But I, I can't I can't give a lot of credit to intent when the vibe when the actual product is is what it is. So what what do you what do yeah, you Yeah, I agree with you and then also, you know, I I think after Jillian watched this movie for the first time, she started having this really bad attitude. And so that I'm going to knock uh a point off of my score for that. Seven points off, no. Yeah, fuck this. Uh, with the fucking attitude. Um, but, you know, I think it's fine. I, I, I agree, like, it doesn't necessarily hold up and I don't connect to it in the same way I did when I was a kid, which I wouldn't expect to, but I also don't connect to it in a different way either. Um, I think that there was a lot more potential and I just haven't seen it. Absolutely. Um, and so I'm going to give this m- movie a five. Giving it a four and a half. Yeah. It's, it's, it's slightly under, uh, slightly below average to me. So, yeah, it's fine. So 4.75 for Harriet the Spy. Um, this was my nominated movie. Samantha, it is oh, your turn. Oh, gosh. I so forgot. next week we will finish the Fast Saga. We will start this weekend watching Fate of the Furious. Hobbs and Shaw, and F9. Then we will hit up Reservoir Dogs, and then we will watch the movie that you are nominating for us right now. Well, okay then. I forgot, even though you told me right before we were recording, that uh, I was supposed to nominate something and so I shall now do it and it's going to just you know be something great you said we're going to watch this at the end of September correct probably so getting into getting into the uh spooky season well you're going to nominate something else in spooky season so don't do spooky things I already told so you this. So we're not going to go over anything spooky. I told you this the last right when we set this up. I don't listen to tell. the things that you say to me. I try to, but I'm not always very successful. I'm going to nominate Little Women, which is the also... Gr- the Greta Gerwig. Whichever one we own. I believe it's the 2019 Greta Gerwig. Great, version. because yep. it's based off of literature, right? Okay. Like, uh, you know, yep. I'll keep it with, the, with that theme yep. there. Um... And going up against that, I shall do another great movie that... Oh, we already watched that. Never mind. I will do another movie that is also based off of 
I'm sure, some type of writing of some kind. Um, give me a second. This is the most agonizing. I forgot that three I'm, minutes I of my entire life. I'm glad my ear isn't working, so I can hear this fainter than I normally would. Yeah, my my voice pierces through. Just things, say a though. fucking movie. Just pick, so, just say anything. Gosford Park. Oh man, it's actually a really good one. Oh, because of Miss... I've wanted... I haven't seen either, and I've wanted to see both. I think Gosford Park's also based off of a literary sure. thing, so I Robert was Altman great at my movie. theming. Right? Uh, Let me see. Hang on. Gosford. I, no, no, no. Just don't, don't ruin it. It's a good one. You've backed your way into something that's solid. I um, did it on purpose. This is all an act. I, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to look up the run times. <laughs> To see which one is shorter, and that's going to be my decision. Uh, Little Women is... Gosford Park's 2 hours and 17 minutes. And Little Women is 2 hours and 15 minutes, so it's negligible. I'm going to pick Little Women. Because, okay. you know, in the in the wake of Barbie, I want I've been wanting to see another Greta Gerwig movie. We own all the rest of them, but I haven't seen them. I have not seen Francis Ha. I have not seen uh, Lady Bird. But we at least have now seen Little Women. So we'll do Little Women uh, in just uh, three short weeks' time. And with that, You're we... welcome. I'm so good. Reminder, you will have to come up with whatever spooky thing you had. Oh, no, I lost it. Fuck. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Mary Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're going to patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Facebook.com slash Movies at Movies on Twitter. Movies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. For me, at your host, Malt38 on Instagram. For you... At Jam with your Sam. And, uh, yeah, it's all I'm plugging nowadays. Oh, and as I mentioned uh, you before... Have your uh, pop I've I've temporarily long-term halted it. It's just too much work and I don't know how many people were fucking reading it but I'm still going to be watching the shows and taking notes and I'll be doing periodic updates on a bigger, bulkier scale than each individual show. So, when those come up I will let you know and like I mentioned earlier in the show, Podswoggle, an episode will be dropping uh, today. Check that out wherever you get your podcast as well. Anything else, Samantha? No, I think we got all of it. Uh, I'm very, very glad because I am starting to deteriorate. <laughs> this is what I. This is how I live. Yeah, but the difference is like no, like people were listening, they wouldn't be able to. I rise to the occasion so fucking well. I'm fucking a stallion. I just so happened to one of okay. my ears. If I was a real stallion, they probably would have already put a gun in my head. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're like, oh, this guy, this fucking horse can't hear. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie, for listening for killing a horse. She's gonna say that's not how it works. She's gonna write into the show. Horses don't listen with their ears, you fucking idiot! It's like what? (laughs) For mullet. This is mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Really hope I can. I if I this ear isn't fixed by the time we record next week, we will have to postpone because I know I'm gonna need everything I got for these last three fucking fast movies. Oh, I'm stoked. Can't wait.
Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.